0: Wizzy's Quest and Doctor Strange 2. It's Amiga Public Domainia! Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be covering two public domain games for the Amiga Wizzy's Quest and Doctor Strange 2. Aaron... Mm. What are you the doctor of?
1: Oh boy, well, the uh, I'm the doctor of eating. I don't know if you can.
0: <laughs> Is that a recognized
1: profession? Uh, well, I, if it isn't, I'm I'm going to take it to the house because that's that's what. And this one thing I've done over this last year off has been uh, I've uh, explored all the uh, all the uh, doctorates and uh, PhDs of food unfortunately. I'm not the doctor of going out and getting exercise, unfortunately. What about you?
0: Oh I mean, most people I think would call me the doctor of hypocrisy.
1: <laughs> Do you think that? I don't think people don't are think gonna it. say that.
0: I know it. I know it. What you know, we haven't really talked about wrestling much on this show. Have there ever been any doctor wrestlers? It's funny you should mention that boat. It's it's real actually, it's amazing you'd bring that up. Because I know most people
1: are like, oh, here we go. But just this past Wednesday, uh, the uh, AEW group had a show headlined by the first main event with women. Mm. And it was a lights out, no disqualification match between a a lady from the graveyards of uh, Mexico named Thunder Rosa against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. She's a practicing dentist. Wow. Wow and this was a world class bloodbath of mm. a match these chicks killed each other there were superplexes on the chairs they were putting each other through tables and at the end of it, the doctor has a finishing move where she takes a, she has her assistant at ringside and the assistant puts a glove on her and she <laughs> she puts you in like a in like a cross face and then sticks her fingers in your mouth and starts ripping on your jaw like this oh. Oh. and thunder rosa was in this she was mm. in this move, and the only way she got out was she rolled the doctor over to a big pile of thumbtacks. Oh, my gosh. And, that, and then she finished her off with a thunder driver, threw a table off the side of the ring. It was awesome. One of the yeah. best, one of the best, most violent, bloody matches you ever seen two women have in America. It's well, quite, a, quite a match, man. So, yeah, there are doctors. Plenty of famous doctors that were in wrestling, but that's the one that comes to mind.
0: We'll, we'll leave all of you listeners out there with that particular mental image. As we roll on to this week's Amiga News.
2: Amiga News. Train.
0: Now, Aaron, we had a big week this week. One of our buddies, uh, the one and only 10-minute Amiga Retrocast, he celebrated a pretty significant milestone. Four thousand subscribers. I assume yes. that this is YouTube subscribers. Yes. Uh, and uh, he is he is now uh, he's he's left the two thousand behind, and now he's doing something with the Amiga four thousand. Tell us about it, Aaron.
1: Uh, well, congratulations to Doug, uh, who uh, and I talked to him uh, privately and congratulated him for hitting that big milestone. Uh, it's a great thing, and he, he deserves uh, all the success he's got and more. And so to to commemorate this, he had a, a tiptoe through his Amiga four thousand here. Uh, it's just like he just like the usual things that he does. He goes, opens it up, he shows you the various uh, aspects of it, the parts. It's funny, I owned one of these briefly and I never bothered to even take the lid off of it. Because <laughs> 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 it was so this is well before we did the amigos. I was mm-hmm. just like, hey, look at all this money. And you had here. a
0: four thousand T, right?
1: Uh yeah. Yeah, we yeah, did.
0: The big dog. Um,
1: but uh, uh, Doug goes into all the, sh- you know, the good, the bad, on the four <clears> thousand, and uh, the the uh, what you can do with it, uh, the limitations, the advantages of it. It's a it's a good episode. Doug, it's Doug and his element explaining uh, what's in his particular four thousand and why it's there and what's purpose of. Uh, Again, we, you know, me and you've never really, I mean, I I said I owned a 4,000, but I mean, like I said, I really never even hardly hooked up something to check it. Mm -hmm. I've never really owned a boxed Amiga that I've ever fooled with. And one of these days I'll probably have to get into it, but I'm not in a, not a huge hurry just because of the space. I just, the space to devote to him. But it was still neat to see him uh, crank his up. And of course it was all in celebration of hitting that big 4-0. So again, congrats, well done, sir.
0: Absolutely. Congratulations. Now, Aaron, our next story, it seems like we've been doing a lot of talking about the Black Dawn Rebirth game. A couple of weeks ago, uh, the uh, the developer announced that it was going free. Well, it turns out that he's working on a new project that is stemming from Black Dawn, but is totally broken away. This comes to us from Neil over at Indie Retro News. Uh, he has a write-up here that says that the, uh, the creator of Black Dawn Rebirth uh, is his he split off what was going to be the follow-up into its own standalone adventure, okay? And so this new game uh, is called Black Dawn Rogue, and uh, this is going to be an entirely new setting, you know, new, new characters, new movement types, you know, all, all kinds of stuff like that. I know there's a lot of people that are real into this genre that the old dungeon crawler. And so this looks like another solid title that is, that is currently in development. doesn't look like there's any sort of a timeline available here about when these things are coming, but you can check out the full story over at Indie Retro News and see some screenshots. What do you think about this thing, Aaron? Uh, it looks, it looks pretty good. I mean, we, we, we did the, uh,
1: the last one. Uh, and, we had a look at it. I know these are not your bag, so there's mm-hmm. no, there's no way everyone knows that. But uh, uh, I, I, I used to play these a lot. Now are they still in my bag? And eh, I don't know. Uh, uh, time hit marches on, but but back when I was younger, they were absolutely my bag. And there's still plenty of people who love these, these dungeon crawlers of this of this sort. And, and the, I can tell it you looks this. Nice.
0: I can tell you this, I already like this one more because he's thought to include a a map or an overhead map feature into the HUD this time. So uh, I'm a big fan of that. Don't get me lost.
1: That's a good idea. eh? Well, good luck to everybody on this
0: one. I, I hope it does well. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on, we've got a, there's a new port to the Amiga. This is a port of a game called Galactica. Are you familiar with Galactica, Aaron? I'm familiar with Battlestar Galactica, but that's maybe pretty much this the is related. This is this is an Amiga version of a Linux game called Conquest. So I, I did a little bit of looking into what this game is. And all this right. is a classic tile-based strategy game where there's 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 no action. It plays out almost just like a board game where you're yeah. moving ships from planet to planet and there's you're taking over different different parts of the galaxy and all that stuff. Uh, I think that this was a pretty big hit on Linux. I'm, I'm not a big Linux guy myself, so I, I don't really know much about the original game, but it is cool seeing this game ported over to the Amiga. Uh, this is being done... By, uh, I guess a guy from BitPlan, and uh, he's also developed a piece of software called Go ADF, uh, that uh, allows you to manipulate ADF files in various ways. So, uh, anyway, this. This is a game that is currently, I guess it's free to download and play. Uh there it's not 100% stable, I guess, but you can check out again this link from uh, Indie Retro News. This is really the site to go to if you're at all into new games on old platforms.
1: This looks better than the Linux version, so uh hey, it might be fun. Like I, said, I don't yeah. I don't do a lot of these little desktop distraction games, but when I back in the day I used to fiddle with them a lot more. But yeah, I I like a good space game as much as the next guy.
0: Absolutely. Now, Aaron, our next story comes to us from the Bitmap Brothers. The Bitmap Brothers, possibly, would you, you'd agree with me that they're the most overrated developers in computing history, wouldn't you?
1: No, no, what? No, God, oh. no.
0: Oh, maybe. Why I'm would alone you say that? that? So these guys, you know, everybody likes them. They're sitting out front of their chopper with their sunglasses There's on. The guy, the epitome of eighties exuberance. Well, you know the soundtracks of their games. You know, no matter the quality of their games, the games always had bumping title tracks. Uh, the <laughs> themes for the Bit My Brothers games were always really, really good. If you like Eurodance dance trash, so um, this is uh, this is a new twelve inch vinyl. Featuring the Bitmap Brothers' greatest hits. Look at this guy on the cover. He yeah. looks like he's ready to rock and roll. He's, he's the got dude his headphones from Xenon
1: Two. Man, I remember that the the guy that sells you stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. That's the, guy the guy that sells you stuff. He, Listen, don't don't forget about Magic Pockets and your favorite gods.
1: I'm jumping in here to, to cut you off. You're an idiot. Bitmap Brothers are the bomb. Doc, look at these. Just look at these tracks. Xenon, Xenon 2, Speedball. Those are great games. Gods, great game. Chaos Engine. You're bragging on these guys. You see these guys that were over and flooded. You're nuts. They're great. Mm. Those are great games. I like Xenon 2s. I love that game. Speedball, come on. Well, good stuff. So good for them. And, and I like the, the album cover. It looks awesome too. This so is I hope a this uh, does
0: great. This is this is a really good looking package. I like the clear vinyl. I like the, the the flat orange cover. And it's it's pretty reasonable too. 25 bucks gets you this thing. Uh this is coming from readonlymemory.vg. memory. Yeah. And uh they have a bunch of other Bitmap Brothers stuff as well. Uh there is a uh, a book called the Bitmap Brothers Universe the details i guess all of the all of their their shenanigans from yeah. back in the day. So uh yeah, if you're a fan of the bitmap brothers, check out readonlymemory.vg. I've never heard of a website with a vg extension before. Have you heard of that one?
1: No, I don't think so. These these uh uh <laughs> these other books look cool too. Yeah. The Making a speedball 2 with the bitmap brothers universe. I like it, man. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, and our final story of the news this week comes as our new Amiga hardware pick of the week. This is the Amiga RGB to HDMI video slot card brought to you from our friends at Retro Rewind. So, Aaron, we talked about the uh, Amiga RGB to HDMI adapter a couple weeks ago. Well, Frank has just put out this new one. This is uh, an RGB to HDMI video adapter for big box Amigas. This thing slots into a 2,000 or a 3,000. It slots right into the video slot. And uh, it is it works with any socketed based Denise chip. Uh, this is another gimmick where you hook up your Rune Raspberry Pi Zero to it, and boom, crystal clear HDMI output. What do you think of this thing, Aaron?
1: This is the you know I gotta say it's the first I'd seen this. So do you say this is complete, totally brand new. I hadn't seen this. this.
0: Yeah, this, this was this just dropped on the site.
1: This is great. Because people that were out in the cold, they're in, you know, you know, they're in that again, this is still the cheapest way to go. It's a simple slot. Stick it in there. Uh, These things are easy to set up. Awesome. Outstanding. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. that's great because they were they were the people that were that were uh, uh, not getting any love from the other one. So now you've got it. You pop a, a pie zero in this thing. Those those things cost practically nothing. You stick it in, you're good to go.
0: Yeah. So yeah, so outstanding. Th- this thing is for sale right now for seventy bucks, uh, but you can save ten percent off this plus anything you want to buy over at Retro Rewind by using the promo code AMIGOSROCK. Rock. You can save 10% off any order. Make sure you use all caps when you type in that promo code. ca. We really appreciate them sponsoring this episode of Amigos. Yes, sir. All right, Aaron. It's time for this week's games. What's up? Ar- what's up first, man?
1: Let's have a look at Wizzy's Quest here, Boat. Uh, for, again, I, I, as I often do, I'll ask you well, yet again. Have you ever played uh, any of these games?
0: No, never.
1: Yeah, n- me either. I never I never heard of them. Uh, I I know who Doctor Strange is, but this is a completely unrelated Doctor Strange, mm. which we'll get to that in a moment. We'll start with Wizzy's Quest here. So, Wizzy's Quest, uh, the of course these are both public domainia, uh, released in 1991 disc and it has the developer listed as FEAC, Feek, Psy, and Gad. We'll go with that. Okay. Uh and uh uh, the uh, the primary uh, people that worked on this, the artist, the coder, uh, Guido Appenzeller, uh, he did the uh, art and the coding, uh, assisted by a relative, Soren Appenzeller, uh, with some musicians in the mix and some extras. But those are the main your main culprits on this one. Uh, this was in English and German, uh, ECS, OCS, the usual stuff. Um, this one, and I wanted to talk to you about this right up front. <clears throat> this game starts out. Uh, now, I will say, I played this on uh, the unamiga, the ADF version, and I believe you also did. Did you also play the ADF version? Yeah. Of this the, the,
0: as far as I'm aware, there's no WHD. That's yeah. I didn't
1: even. Game. I didn't think there was, uh, but but uh, I wasn't sure. Um, on the Ami- unamiga version of this, there's an on all the versions, there's a little story that comes up. That tells tells you what's going on uh, to you know set the game up, and uh, that uh, it was the it was screwed up a little bit on the Amiga. The text was, and I thought it was an Amiga thing. And then I watched uh, some demos of this on YouTube, and they were, it was screwed up on there too. Really? You, because did I didn't you know, have any,
0: I didn't have any garbled text at all, and all that stuff.
1: No, it's just it's just the text went outside the bounds of the of the think bubbles. basically. Oh, I see
0: what you mean. Yeah, and so so I was you like, can still read it, sort of.
1: Yeah, it was it was kind of jacked up. Uh, so boat, uh, uh, having never seen this before, the, what you do in this? It's actually it's kind of an interesting game, to be honest with you. At the beginning, basically, uh, your your crew, their Wizzy, uh, and uh, their companion is are being pursued by uh, looks like some undead at the beginning of it, and so they duck into this area to basically escape. And the goal of this is to get uh, through the levels and out the door. The funny thing about it is uh, the, the, uh, the the girl with you, whose name escapes me. I don't know if she, is she ever named? Like I said, my text was uh, screwed. I don't think up, so. I couldn't tell. She turns herself invisible at the beginning of the game. And so she can go anywhere she wants and be untouched, effectively. As, uh, uh, but she, but uh, she has to, she can't do anything else. So the wizard has to get her everywhere. And his powers are the ability to to basically uh, create and then dissolve Blocks. That's what he does, and they're uh, to climb on or to to get past areas that are blocked. And so the whole game is moving him around, getting to the point where you can get uh, keys or get gems or whatever you need to escape the level, and then getting her out the level. So it's a two it's a twofold game, doing the stuff you need to do plus getting getting her out the door. what did you think about this one boat in ter- I mean in terms of the graphics the presentation well we, we should spend a little
0: bit of time on the open here this game has an incredibly lengthy opening it, sequence right um, when you start the game you're greeted with a, a pretty pleasant you know title screen and you're able to access the instructions uh, the story so far and then play the game. Uh, Now, it's worth noting that this game was originally programmed in Germany and was translated by some folks, I'm assuming, in England. Uh, And if you read the backstory that's sort of been retranslated, it's sort of that uh, it's, it's very reminiscent of Amiga magazines of the day, where it has a little bit of racism, a little bit of misogyny, you know, this kind of stuff that, you know, 14- Fourteen to sixteen-year-old Amiga fans in Britain were into at the time. Wouldn't fly today. I don't know if you went by and you read any of that stuff. Where, right?
1: where did you? Where I didn't even see a, a, a backstory. Where so in you, the
0: opening, you... the very opening title screen. Yeah. You see, you see three uh, three bubbles. You can click on. You can click on oh. uh, the backstory and instructions and then play the game.
1: I pulled a U this time. I didn't even bother to click on those. I just played the game. So, so what is the backstory? Can you elaborate? I mean, I thought I got so the, most the, of it. The, in the, the
0: backstory is that a princess has been ca- captured by uh, a, an evil sorcerer, and you've got to free her. Okay. Now okay. they they go into I wouldn't say explicit detail, but just sort of crude detail what you're going to do to the virgin when you uh, when you get her back. And then they use a a term that I believe is now offensive to the Germans uh, in describing how German people spend too much time writing the backstory and their backstory was better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So look into that. Look into that. If if you want to. If if you want to. Uh, Now, when you start the game. The game doesn't just load. It's like it tells you about the components that it's loading one at a time. It's like getting the sprites ready, doing this, doing that. And it's yeah. like four or five things. So you're like, oh, my gosh, let's just get, the, get to the game. Yeah. Then when the then the, there's a second title screen that shows up, and you've got your wizard, and he's casting lightning bolts on the various menu options. Yeah, and then you've got to cool. choose play again. So don't get me wrong. It was neat. It was a neat effect, but it's just it takes way too long to get into this game.
1: One thing I noticed is that it, if you get to the when you get to the title screen and the wizards shooting the lightning at the options, if you wait too long to pick the option, then the wizard starts shooting lightning at the high score table, and you can't stop him until the high scores are out there. <laughs> and then you can then you can start back. I did. I listen. The the text being jacked up was it was what it was, but I did. This game had a lot of panache as it yeah. come up. Yeah. It, it it and it's uh, it's pleasant to look at. In fact, I was I was pleasantly surprised. Right. Now, let me let
0: me let me try and explain a a little bit more about what this game is. So this game is a clone of Solomon's Key. Solomon's Key is an arcade game that had no business being in the arcade. Uh, Basically, can you imagine this kind of a game being in an arcade?
1: Well, you know, I have played Solomon's Key as a long time ago. And I honestly didn't even you know, it's funny because we had actually talked about that earlier in the week. Or somebody on Discord had mentioned yeah. and it, and I remember noting it. But it's been so long since I played Solomon's Key. To myself, I don't remember how it played. So, so, if, so it's this, very similar.
0: What you, what you, what you've got to do the di- the main differences between Solomon's Key in this game, because I imagine there's a lot of people that have played Solomon's Key a lot more than have played Wizzy's Quest, uh, is that uh, you are able to basically conjure up and make blocks disappear. Okay. Differences between this game and Solomon's Key are that uh, in Solomon's Key, you can actually break blocks with your head as well. And so you you actually, in part of the game, is that you have to break blocks with your head and, and release secret items and things like that that you need to complete your quest. Uh, there is no Companion in Solomon's Key. That's the big, That's the thing that makes this game really cool, I think, is that it adds an element, like, if you think about, like, an indestructible lemming is sort of like what your companion is like. So she's going to walk anywhere that she can. It's your yeah. job to clear a path for her to get out of the level. Um, and so in addition to making blocks grow and disappear, sometimes you have to be able, you have to get a weapon that you can use to defeat a bad guy. So you can get to the door. It's a lot like the adventures of Lolo, you know, there's a way instead of being top down like that, though, this is side scrolling um, there. There's a lot of levels. I think the game, you know, that the, the game has a prevailing shade of Brown. that covers everything. <laughs> I'd say the Brown is the dominant color. However, right. the, I thought that the characters you know they're small sprites but they're well animated the rotation yeah. animation was particularly impressive when you have your wizard or the companion whenever they switch directions yeah. it's not like they're, the, the sprite just swatched you actually watch them like rotate around which I thought was pretty cool I thought all the enemies were well drawn uh, and I, yeah. I had you know this is not a kind of game that I'm going to spend a lot of time with because I hit a wall pretty soon with these kind of games and they just become frustrating but I did play three or four levels of this and I I enjoyed my time with it. As far as games like this go, it's a great representation of the game and I think that this could have easily been sold as a commercial Amiga game. Easily.
1: I actually got a little further. You gotta get much further. You gotta get a little further. And I will say, you're, the gra- the, you're right, it is brownish. Of course, I, I, the, given the setting, it's understandable, but they do, there are nice splashes of color, and mm-hmm. plus the, your guy is colorful. The, uh, the, the block gimmick, it took me a little while to fully grasp especially doing it diagonally and getting rid of blocks it yeah. took me a little while to understand how to get rid of them and where you need to stand uh, and so but once I figured it out uh, uh, I was okay with it you know I could figure it out the, the, for me this game has one major failing well two and one is the wacky issue with the text but that's not a that's not gonna really it's not a deal breaker but the other one is that I hated the controls for jumping. Uh, they, it, this guy was hard to. This guy has a crappy jump, and you need to use it a lot. And it just, uh, it, this is a game that screams for a second button. I hate yeah, to be the, I absolutely. hate to be you. I hate yeah. to steal your gimmick here, Bo. But I'm going to. Uh, as a up for jump game, this is this is not my favorite. Now, <clears throat> did I get used to it? Yes. Uh, could I get somewhere? Yes. Uh, I'm not Commander Puzzle by any stretch of the imagination, but. I will say I thought the the difficulty ramped up pretty fairly. Mm-hmm. Like, I, uh, you can when you play this game, you can actually make yourself work harder than you need to, right? Depending on the path you take, or if you screw up. This is one of those games where, uh, if it wasn't for the crappy jump then you would only die if you screwed up, mm-hmm. and which is always a good thing. Right. Because that way you're like, okay, I get it. I botched this. I, I know how to get past it next time. Many times the jump screwed me, and so I'm, I'm going to hold that thing responsible for some of my deaths. But once you get uh, a grip with that, <clears throat> uh, the game plays fair. It's a fair game, and it's the addition of, of the companion. Because, I mean, if you were just getting yourself out, that wouldn't be uh, as as uh creative all mm-hmm. right as this is uh this i agree with you this is better than a lot of commercial games we've played yes. and despite the fact that again without having played solomon's key for many years i i can't comment on how close closely this resembles it but i will say uh this game could could stand on its own uh uh quite easily just with a few minor changes, like I said, I would love to see... Uh, this is a game I would love to see, like, the company or somebody go in. I mean, this is a perfect one to put in emulation where you could set your own buttons up. I think it'd be a lot more fun. Yeah,
0: <laughs> to me, I mean, yeah, the jump is not ideal. One button is not ideal. This is a game that screams for, some, like you said, the company to go in and just make an infinite lives trainer. Because the game doesn't suffer any less of a challenge if you have infinite lives you know yeah. it makes you want to play it more because you want to experiment more and you don't want to get sent back yeah. at the beginning or whatever so
1: yeah and and they did things they did things that i the enemies at least the parts i got they basically went on select patterns and so you can effectively use your blocks to stop them from getting to
0: where you're right. at which you that's have a, to. yeah that's a big part of the strategy uh,
1: but uh, it, they there wasn't anything super different. Like this was far in a way of the two games we're looking at today. This is the much easier of the two, uh, because th- th- this one you could everything was in front of you. It's all one screen, and you could tell what's going on, and and you knew when you start. Okay, here's where I've got to go. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I can work. So you could sort of make a plan. You right, know what I mean? Right. Uh, and so I like that. Uh, uh, this you're right when you said it was sort of like the 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 chick with you, sort of like a lemming. She mm-hmm. what she does? She just goes wherever you tell her to go. And I didn't have that become a problem, but I can see where in on I'm sure in the future levels it could be a real problem. I'm sure that they have Uh, places where uh, if
0: you don't play your cards right, she gets stuck somehow and you can't get back to her or whatever.
1: But I I will say, uh, listen, I never get real excited about public domainia, as you know. But this was a treat. This Mm -hmm. actually was. This actually was not bad. Yeah. I mean, they. I'm in fact, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's good. I mean, it's it's, it's not too bad at all. Yeah, and the fact that this this was given away is stunning. If
0: if we we've done you know public domain games since since the beginning of the show, yeah, this is easily in the top five. I mean, he yes, it's games like this that I just wonder. Like this was a release in 1990. Why did he not go to a publisher and say, "Look, play this, put this out," you know, like. If I had something this good and I worked that hard on it, you better believe I'd be pushing for a commercial release. Well, uh, the fact that this is a free game just boggles the mind.
1: They may have get they may have gotten some money because this was on a magazine cover.
0: Hmm. Uh, this okay. was on
1: the uh, uh, issue forty seven of the one mm-hmm. from August of ninety two. So mm-hmm. I don't know if, if you get any if you get any jack. Uh, also, I was looking on on uh, uh, on Lemon. And they had a little blurb here. Actually, it was Hall of Light. And it said here, The game was developed from May to August 1990 on an Amiga 1000 with 2.5 mega memory. It had to run on every Amiga with 512 and be compatible with Kickstart 1.2 slash 1.3. It was written in GFA Basic version 3.03 and was compiled with a GFA compiler. The graphics were produced with D-Paint 3.0. The sprites and levels were done using uh, the the fellow's own object editor. And the sound effects were produced with the perfect sound digitizer, which I used to have one of those, and software. And the music was done with MED. So there you go. This is an Amiga game through and through. Every aspect of it was generated using some Amiga stuff. Uh, And then a bit of trivia they also had written in. According to the instructions on the disc, uh, Wizzy's Quest includes a hidden level editor, that could be. It could only be accessed by players if they made a donation to the main coder via snail mail. Hmm. So I wonder uh, if there's an a level editor to this. But might be kind of fun for yeah. certain people to tinker with and make a new set of levels. But, uh believe it or not, th- this also had reviews. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Lemon, the people there, give this a uh, an admirable seven point one eight. Uh, which I think is not too bad, Boat. Uh, Amiga Force looked at this uh, in July of '93, and gave it an 86. percent And Amiga Power gave uh, looked at this in October of '91 and gave it four out of five. So this actually, <laughs> this actually got pretty good scores. Listen,
0: it, I, I'm in total agreement. I'm yeah. in total agreement with those scores. How did it fare with our Discord people? They may have a shot at this not, one, Boat. Not as well. Not as well. I'm sorry to say. Really? Um, Level Lord writes. Never played Wizzy's Quest before, and it definitely reflects as a PD game. Graphics are not the best. There is no music, and the f- sound effects are a, a little too much. There are instructions with the game, which is good. Sprite animation is super smooth, and controls were okay. For what it is, a puzzle platformer, my score is four. So, level lord. Not not a fan. Four out of uh, ten? Four out of ten.
1: Dang. Okay. Um,
0: Jason Warns writes, uh, Playable. Six out of ten. So these guys, not as impressed. I, I personally,
1: uh, I would give this a seven yeah. easily. No, this, I think this, it's uh, a,
0: this is an eight an eight for me. Well, I
1: mean, I, I don't know if I got far enough in it to, again, we, I didn't get far. I, enough well, yeah. I mean, but I'm just about. saying
0: it, how far I got in it is irrelevant. I mean, this is an eight. Cause I had a great time playing it, you know?
1: Well, i I think this is a, uh, a hidden gem boat. Yeah. I really do. And uh, I think this is one everyone, listen, Uh, everyone should, I think, should at least give it a whirl. Uh, It may not be your cup of tea, but heck, it's not my cup of tea, and I liked it. Yeah, it could use music. The thing is, it was a few tweaks away, just a few, from being ready ready for prime time. Fix those uh, opening screens and also maybe take out some of the crap in there that they shouldn't have put in the first place, the verbiage. Right. And, And maybe, you know, this would, this could do with some real nice, like, Lemming's esque, different layered sound, you know, different levels of sound, you know. But I mean, that may be asking a lot considering that was done by a big software house. But at least a good tune to yeah. get in there to go through. But man, I yeah, I, I think this was actually. I was, I was really surprised. But let's just now put it that we way. we
0: have one late, uh late arrival in the in the reviews uh, section here on Discord. Pixels of Dawn. He writes, "I only recently discovered the joys of Solomon's Key, so I was really happy when this turned up." It's definitely not a perfect version of that kind of game, and it has a bit of PD jank to the controls, but it's yes. definitely fun. And I will play it again. I would call the Amiga as a platform a little PD jank to the controls. So no,
1: I don't agree with that. Most games control great, but this one that is my number one problem with this game. If they the music would be great and all the other crap, but if they would add second button support, for example, or maybe just make the wizard have something resembling a, a better jump. I would be okay with because I don't like a game where I get frustrated by yeah uh, and I don't frustrated like it where the controls is the worst. Well, when you can, when you can't blame yourself, mm-hmm. you know, then right. I'm like, well, you know, here we go, you know. So I don't like that. So with that said, you ready to move on? Let's move on. All right, the next up is, is the strangely named, no pun intended, uh, Doctor Strange Two: The Return of Doctor Strange, but right. uh, unrelated to the Marvel comics or movies of the same name. Uh, but I will say I've always been a big fan of the of Doctor Strange as a character in the comics, and I was pleasantly surprised by his film, which was not exactly the normal superhero fare. I enjoyed um, that one
0: a lot. Yeah,
1: quite a quite a quite a lot of uh, special effect wizardry was involved. No pun intended there either. So, uh, Doctor Strange two: The Return of Doctor Strange. Uh, this one came out in 95 boats so this is a, a this one came out a little bit later mm-hmm. uh, than the one we just looked at a uh, one disc this was developed by an outfit cunningly named the Ouija board mm. which I enjoy that uh, this was uh, coded by a fellow named Ian West uh, who also worked on orc attack returns and and my personal favorite Santa and rudolph do
0: christmas <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe graph- we'll look forward to that on a future public yeah. domain
1: graphics by and music were done by a fellow named jonathan eggleton he he worked on the same game so i guess they were just there they were a do a duo uh and this was uh again ready to go on the ecs ocs um boat in this one you play dr strange and you're going in, and I did, Again, this is another one. If, if, if I didn't see a backstory to it, did you? Did you? Can you clue us in? Did you read
0: something I didn't? Uh, boy, I don't think so. I don't think I did. I did, I did look at Doctor Strange One, though. Oh, really? Uh, Doctor Strange One is a completely different game. It still yeah. stars, you know, Doctor Strange. He's still there, but it is a load runner, uh Mr. Dew's <clears throat> Castle type game. I say. And yeah, so well, this, this is they've they've gone in a different direction, obviously influenced by the 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 the, the tides of the times. Ninety five, it's time for a platformer. This is a platformer through and through.
1: Well, uh, this game, <clears throat> this game, sort of, I had seen uh, a picture of this before I started playing it, and I thought to myself, this looks like something I could get into. Mm-hmm. And uh, because it is a lot of jumping, platforming action, uh, with of course, but with some puzzle elements too. Uh, and this one, you play as doctor strange uh armed with like what effectively is like a slime gun and you have to navigate through these different uh these different scrolling levels uh to escape through the door it's a lot, it's sort of like the first one uh, in a way boat mm-hmm. uh, first you have to get the keys and then you get get the heck out uh you start off and i will say uh there that is sort of where the similarities to the first one end yeah because this one again ha, not, this one has real good tune I like this. It
0: does have music. This yeah, we it, should we should get that out of the way early. This game has a background song.
1: Yeah. And it's yes. pretty good. It's pretty catchy. Uh it's it's very Amiga-esque. Uh, well, it's also, I don't know.
0: Amiga-esque is silent string gameplay.
1: No, it's not. Don't be a hater, boat Uh the uh it also has digitized sound effects uh out out the wazoo. Uh, and uh, tons of them. So it's, it's, they put some time yeah, there. It's,
0: the it's, 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 it's variance on flatulence is what it is.
1: Well, yeah. well, not just that. There's a, like when you die, there's a funny sound effect and there's, there's a bunch of crazy sound effects. Uh, you go through these levels. Like the, I'm just going to start with the first level, which is where you start. Uh, you're, you have two goals. You have to get the keys to, then you have to leave through the door. Those, those are your goals. And along the way, you're picking up puzzle pieces. That basically turn into you. There's a picture of you, at least as far as I got. Um, there are other elements of the game that, I, frankly, I never saw because I didn't get far enough into it. Uh, there's these these levels are timed. Mm-hmm.
0: So Eric Nelson and, over and, at dating is not gonna like. I can tell you that they're, they're timed, and we're not talking about like 450 seconds. No, we're this talking... is one of those
1: arbitrary time uh, tables. This is like you run. Right. Yeah, because you it this gives this thing is tight. And when the time starts running out, you see the uh, the bottom of the screen start uh, uh, flashing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it basically cycles, color mm-hmm. cycles. Right. Uh, we should also mention that this is one of those patented games where they take up, I would say, almost half of the screen. With it is the, forty
0: forty five percent of the screen is yeah, the HUD.
1: Yeah, it is the HUD. Now, is the is it that important? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no, it's not. No. They've got a huge container that is your ammo. You could have just had a number for the mm-hmm. ammo. He didn't have to have a container for it. So anyway, uh, uh, you go through here. Your bu- this is another up for jump. Your button shoots your gun, <clears throat> and as you go through, if you see a creature, you can shoot the creature. And if and if if and if that creature is affected by your gun, which many aren't, uh, you can once you slime him, you can run over him, and get points for him. Uh, There are tons of creatures in this that don't give two craps about your gun. Uh, And so shooting them does nothing, which was uh, unfortunate, to say the least, because those are generally (laughs) the ones that would kill me. Right. Uh, The uh, the doctor has a much better jump uh, than the wizard does. Uh, This guy has a proper platformy jump, I would say, somewhere in the Montezuma's Revenge level of jumping. Or Super Frog. Or, well, no, Super Frog is a lot more floaty. Th- this is floaty. Do you but think super so? No, I, I, I disagree. Super Frog, you know, go back and play it. Super Frog's super duper floaty. Okay, this guy is just I mean, it, regular it's still floaty. floaty.
0: It's still some floaty. Oh Maybe. no,
1: it is floaty, but not Super. Super Frog goes beyond, above and beyond the floaty zone. Uh, anyway, this is one of your classic, uh, almost like a, uh, 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 almost like a console style game where you run mm. around avoiding spikes, f- firing on enemies, picking up keys picking up items to move you down the level pulling levers and activating stuff the but but it doesn't have the clever parts of what a lot of good what make good console games like this work which is stuff like this has blind jumps lots of them where you and if you just don't know what's going on below you there's no way to look you just fall to your death Mm -hmm. Uh, at the crap below you you have a, a creature i mean they they happen early they happen often uh level of design I would say is an issue. What just I don't want to drone under what'd you think of this one right out of the gate, boat? Well, I'll
0: tell you what I liked about it. All so right. it's 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 a it's not offensive to the eyes. I wouldn't say it's a beautiful game. And I wouldn't say, I mean, it's obviously leagues behind a like a game, even a game like, you know, the uh Teenage Caveman or something like that. The uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's it it's not even it's not even close to that. But it looks okay. Yeah. This I thought looks, it looked pretty good. Cartoon. It looks slightly better than an eight bit platformer, slightly better than an eight bit platformer. Uh, um, yeah, the agree. HUD is a huge issue. You can't undersell <laughs> I just see what how, you did there. how ridiculous it is.
1: <laughs> it's it's uh, monstrous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's
0: ridiculous. Uh, so that, that's, that's, that's a big knock against it. Uh, the, Having the tune though, big plus, you know, I'm yep. always happy when there's background music. Yep. Um, the uh, the the big problem that I had with this game, you know, you we, we spent a lot of time talking about jumping on this show and the jump on Doctor Strange is fine. Like you said, it, it's a normal Amiga jump. It's It's not variable rate. You always jump the same height every time, no matter how much or little you press on the button. And that's yep. fine. I can deal with that. What I can't deal with is the percentage of jumps in this game that are pixel perfect jumps. Yes. And I mean, right out of the gate too. right, right out of the, the gate. very first jump in this game. You have to line yourself up on the exact right pixel to be able to make the jump Tell it that spike pit. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's unacceptable. Yeah. That's unacceptable in a game like this. Um, and what it tells you is that these people were not really what you call pro platform gamers. You know, they, they, they probably had seen pictures in magazines before, and they were like, yeah, we can definitely design something like this. And then they went and they played Manic Miner. Um, and so <laughs> this is, uh, the now, that, that's my biggest problem with this game. My second biggest problem with this game is that this is an exploration platformer that yep. punishes exploration yes. because you you have a incredibly punishing timer. Having a timer at all in an exploration platformer is dumb. Having one that's only 30 or 40 seconds long is super dumb. So you're all the time you want to explore the level, you want to see what's going on, you want to see what these guys have done, but you're constantly pressured by this clock ticking down. OK, yeah. and then the the last thing about this is the level design. There are certain places in these levels. And, and I got I got farther in this than I did in the uh, in the first game. There's one. The first thing you have the opportunity to do is to drop down into a lower level. Yeah. Well, guess what? If you do that, you're dead. There's you're dead because there's right no here. way to get yeah. out of it. They did it on purpose to try and trick you again in an exploration platformer. The object is to encourage the player to explore, not the fear like dropping down somewhere and not being able to get out. That's that's all that is, is that's that's like masochism is game design. Um, so that's no good. The level design by and large is 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 not great. Now, did I still enjoy it? Yeah. I mean, it's still not the worst game in the world. It's still on the better end of a lot of the public domain games that we've played. And it's still sort of on the better end of a lot of the Amiga platformers I've played. Um, so, you know, I didn't hate this game. If they, if, again, if the company or some group would come in, take away the timer and give you infinite lives, then I could have a ton of fun with this thing.
1: I- I never got to a point where I couldn't get out. I will say that.
0: I'll show you the exact I'm I mean, not
1: saying it didn't happen. There but is there's see. a
0: there is a part there where you can
1: I watched the levels that I couldn't get to and I saw areas and I thought to myself that's tricky right mm-hmm. there. But uh uh and there's like for example there are there is an area on the very on the second level on the first second screen of the first level depending on how you count them where you have to you have to pull a lever to activate uh, a ledge to get you to a point where you need to be. And otherwise you can't see that the ledge is there. So occasionally you're going to, you can easily get to a point where you get somewhere where you haven't pulled the lever and then you get stuck.
0: Right. I I can
1: understand that. So let me go over. I mean, I agree with most of what you said. Here's what I don't like it, but first of all, I I think this is a game that is could, this could have easily been another one that could have been released with a few tweaks. And, yeah, and, and, and I mean, and, again, the bottom of the screen aside, which that's a, a travesty uh, with that, that whole that the GUI, the bottom of it taking up so much space, mm-hmm. not GUI. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, your gun doesn't work on everything. I don't like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't work on hardly anything. Well, yeah,
0: the gun is mostly useless. The gun also, is mostly useless. You
1: can't game. shoot the gun while jumping or moving. Right. You can only shoot it if you're standing completely.
0: You, you want to know my theory? My theory is they built this game without the gun, and then at the last minute, somebody was like, "Hey, we got to give this guy a gun or something," because that's what people like. And then they added it in because it's useless. Like you said, it only affects a couple enemies. You can't shoot it while you're jumping, and most of the enemies you just avoid by jumping over them anyway. Right. Like shooting them doesn't do you any good.
1: All right, uh, but still, it's it's just it, it is an odd. It's odd. Let's just mm-hmm. put it that way. Um, the level design is, I don't like, I don't like games that make you jump and where you can die when you can't see what's under you. Mm-hmm. And that happened several times on the front. I only got through, I got the level, like level, I want to say, well, I got the level four, four, I mean, the not the level four, five, but into like the fourth or fifth set of screens right, before right. I got killed. This game is hard, punishingly hard. And then you have to go through the whole, you died. Thing every time, which was a pain because I mm-hmm. played this on the Amiga, so I had no save states. If you got save states in this, I
0: save stated this thing till the cows came home. Yeah,
1: this is yeah. one you I would I would recommend playing emulation. Yeah, uh, because uh, without save states, this becomes a a a a, a, a long haul. Uh, there's a lot of backtracking. There's a lot of just figuring it out. I mean, there uh, this game I was so close to enjoying it. You know, I like I'm I'm kind of like you. It's it played. When I could play it, I enjoyed it. But mm. that stupid timer—I'd see my certain color cycle. I'm like, already, yeah. I'm already getting this. Is there yeah. not an easy level or something? Could, or something where I can sit down and actually play this thing? Because you've got to, you've got to go through the levels to see what's there before you can even attempt to beat them.
0: Right. You know, this game, I I don't understand. Like, on 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 the one hand. If you want to do that, cool. Like if you want to put like a really low timer on there and make the game about plotting your route, I can I can accept that and I can respect it. That's a that's a legitimate yeah. way to design a game. But don't give me two lives. So, you know, let me try it as many times as I need to. Let's do something fun here for a second.
1: What? Do, how do you fix this game? I'm going to offer here are the following suggestions to make this a real game. If someone wants to go and make take this game, what they put together and make it a game. Here's what I suggest. Number one, you ditch three fourths of the bottom of the screen that they've covered up. So you have to so it looks like a real game. Number two, you uh you give yourself and this is a simple one both that we see in all the good platforms of this type. When you pull it down on a joystick, it lets you look down a little bit. That's all mm-hmm. I'm asking. Just a little bit. Scroll sure. the screen down that much. You know, and that and that will help. Number three, either make the gun useful or get rid of it. Like there's no there doesn't need to be an in between mm-hmm. on this thing. Uh, I think you do those things and you've got and the rest of it, I think the puzzle. This is parts where I look this place
0: below, if we were watching the video, yeah. that's the exact stage where if you go down there in that bottom quarter, there's no way to get out, which is why he didn't go down there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> live and learn. That, by the way, dead End should never be a part of these games. Yeah, that stuff it, it make you kill yourself. I hate that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm assuming of the two games we covered, what was your? The, which one did you like? Oh, which one was more fun? I Wizzy's guess.
0: Wizzy's Quest is the better game. It's the better game, and it's the it's more the more fun complete game. game.
1: Yeah, I will say that. I think this game could have been with a few tweaks like I mentioned, I think you could have had something here. Uh, I didn't get any reviews on this, above, but Lemon did have a, a, a score for it. The readers of Lemon give this a 6.86. <clears throat> I'd say that's close. I probably would go somewhere in the 6 range. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think this is uh, on par
0: with with uh, the last one. Yeah, I, I'd uh, but, give it a 6 too. I'm, I'm with you on that one.
1: But I, I think this is one that has potential. Uh, and it's, a you know... <laughs> This seems to be the new theme of our show. Play games that are sort of close to being kind of fun. That's what we do now. Because <laughs> it seems like we've been doing this
0: with a few exceptions, like Populous 2 we like. But for mm-hmm. weeks, it seems like that's what we've been doing. Did we get any Discord action on this Yeah, mode? We did. We did. Level Lord writes, The Return of Doctor Strange is a nice platformer with cute graphics and even music within the game. I played it before, and even if it's not my favorite genre, I enjoyed it. Controls could be better, but for me, a solid six. Uh, Jason Warns writes, meh, five out of ten. <laughs> um, Pixels at Dawn writes, I didn't have too much time with this, but it's definitely the better looking of the two games. Really nicely animated with great controls. This feels really slick. There are some issues with pixel perfect jumps even early on, though, and I do hear it's pretty short, so that's got to be some points too, even if it is only a couple of quid, six out of ten. So yeah, we're pretty united. We're united front with the discord on that around the 6 the 6 range.
1: I will say this does look good.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh so well I mean it looks
1: I mean, it looks up to two. I think it's the better looking. Yeah, although the first absolutely. one is an ugly. Alex, I, like, I thought they both looked pretty good.
0: This one reminds me, like I said, this one reminds me of a game on something like the Commodore sixty four or, or the NES. It's got that that look and that feel.
1: This could it. have been you could have put this right on the C sixty four. But I think both of them, really, you could have put on there. That they sort of they did have that feel. The first one even had sort of looked the look to it of a C sixty four game. You're right when you said this was somewhere between a eight and sixteen bit game. Uh yes. That I mean, you that you nailed it right there. If if this reminds me of like an, something I'd play like one of those games you'd go rent mm-hmm. uh like for a weekend for a right. Super Nintendo, it's like, let's go try like Billy's Quest and see what mm-hmm. this thing is. And you'd play it, you might beat her, you might not like it, you take it back, and then you're done. You would yeah. never buy you'd never it. Never think it would about it yet. again. Yeah, exactly.
0: Speaking of never thinking about it again, Aaron, let's talk about this week's Amiga Amigos community update.
1: Yes, sir. We had a, uh, wow, a big a big week this week, uh, Boaster. uh Let's start off by, this is hot off the presses right here, uh, a little article from our good buddy, Jack Flack, All That Blitters, Double Dragon. And, you know, Double Dragon is a reoccurring theme, uh, Boat. It comes up so often. <laughs> it's like a bad when penny. When- Remember when we sat down and we played all the double dragons? Yes. Uh, that, and, Remember
0: when we covered all three of them in yeah. one show in one of the dumber moves of our conference? Yeah, our yeah we,
1: we shouldn't have done that. Uh, 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 it, it, Flax sort of talks about the arcade, what's different between the arcade and the uh, Amiga and Atari ST versions. Uh, and... Uh, uh, I was not the biggest, I'm not going to lie, I'm not the biggest fan of the old uh, uh, Double Dragon. I like the arcade okay, but the, I've never really liked any of the uh, of the, the home, home versions of that. Yeah
0: they're, yeah, they're all disappointing in various ways for sure. I yeah. think that by the second game, there's some quality ports of Double Dragon 2 but the first one the 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 NES port is it was it's a totally different game in a lot of ways the C64 port of course flack is already covered in great detail with the with the invisible belts and all that uh, yeah. the less said about the Atari 2600 version the better
1: uh, <laughs> yeah well what do you expect i mean that's that's a lot to ask it <laughs> is a lot a to, lot ask. to <laughs> ask right there but yeah p- everyone should go out of their way, step over to uh, everythingamiga.com and check out Flack's article. Flack, a seasoned professional writer and professional podcast. By the way, I want to mention that uh, the Flackster, uh, this this very uh, week, well, maybe it was last week, has celebrated uh, episode 200 of uh, his show, You Don't Know Flack. And he's doing it in three parts. The first part was a uh, gosh, a uh, lengthy interview with one of his buddies, Andy. Who's, Andy. Uh, yeah, and I listened to the whole thing in the car, and it was real entertaining. So, uh, if you want to catch uh, the new episodes, if you don't know Flack, episode two hundred, help Rob celebrate. Uh, hop over and pick those up immediately, Boaster.
0: Yeah, man. Now let's go over to our YouTube channel Aaron. and we've gotten a lot of action over Holy there. Holy
1: smokes, Boat! Holy mackerel! Where to? Where begin? Well, let's go where we always go. Right down to the bottom with me and the Brit. Uh, 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 Now, let me say this. Even
0: though the grandstand entertainment computer might not be the highest ranking in number of views that ARG Presents has ever gotten. I enjoyed the heck out of this episode (laughs) because I love the way you have the uncanny ability to wring gold from a stone. The way that you waxed poetic about the bowling game on this was endlessly entertaining to me. I loved it. I loved every well, minute of it.
1: You know, I'm not going to lie. The bowling game was okay uh, for the uh, <laughs> we did talk about the Grandstand video entertainment computer from the UK, but really, I mean, let's this was a clever facade, Boat, because we actually spun the F8, which is a processor, and this was not the original thing we'd planned to do. We'd planned to do a, a computer an awesome looking computer, but I just couldn't get it to emulate right. So we had to go to something else the FHA, which is the Fairchild Channel F two. Mm-hmm. And and this was the uh British version, which I thought was cool looking, it had a cool name. So that's what mm-hmm. we went with. Uh, we actually picked a couple fun games for it though, and we both agreed they were both pretty fun. I ended up playing we this was also we picked each other's games this week. Brent picked bowling for me. I like the way, you know, the Fairchild has a unique look to it it, it does. really the much different just, much yeah, different than really, the atari
0: 2600 you can
1: always tell when it's a channel f game yeah uh and brent ended up getting galactic space wars for me this is i didn't realize this when i picked it but this is the premier title on the fairchild channel f and it's basically like uh star raiders if you took out the maps star bases mm-hmm. and anything remotely complicated you'd have this game you drive right yeah, but, but
0: it also on the plus side, it features both TIE Fighters and the Starship Enterprise. And
1: you shoot them both. So, <laughs> yeah. so there you go. But yeah, I enjoyed this. And for, for once, we didn't get into a wild pier six brawl boat. So that's yeah. That's always good. So yeah, check us out. Uh now this is one boat. You want to you want to sp- this is your baby. You want to speak on this one? <laughs> this so is last
0: the, last this week. Is, yeah, uh I got a Mr. And uh, and I, I I told Aaron before the show I'm like hey after we finished Amigos just turn the camera back on and we're gonna start talking, and so basically I cut a promo on you everybody did. on on everybody everybody's build of the Mister except for mine and how using using any kind of cooling is something that only the dumbest of the dumb would attempt. And, uh, and and I, I got it elicited some reactions. Uh, I have uh, I have cycled back a little bit. I did buy I've got some heat sinks right here beside me uh, that I've yet to install. But if you need a heat sink, they came in a pack of five. It was like five for five bucks or something like that. So uh, hit me up if you, you, if, you need, if you need heat sink. Um, you were cut you were cutting a promo and what I thought was great is I
1: sat there and took this in. I didn't know what you had planned for this footage by the way, but I took this in I thought to myself, here's boat cutting a promo on how smart he is with hardware and I laughed and I <laughs> laughed because you've blown up so much crap that I thought to myself here he is he is now and you've had a and what else I like this but you've had a miss for like two days and you're by God, it was a passionate promo and people agreed with you man I loved it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we talked about the mister and then I let you have the floor and you talked. You basically this is probably the most people will look back in generations to come. They'll say, what was the whole story with Aaron and the in the Unamiga?" And this is it. You told the tale from soup to nuts in a way that can never be told again. So this is a, you encapsulated all of your joys and all of your sorrows with this machine.
1: Well, you know it's funny because I, I I literally use the Amiga every day, <laughs> so it's a brilliant piece of hardware. Uh, but you know it is. Listen, we're hobbyists. Like I, I I wrote something on on Discord yesterday, and I meant it uh, when I was talking to Eric Nelson about uh, some uh, some stuff. This was the perfect piece of hardware for me, right? It's a wacky sort of unsupported bizarre piece of hardware that no one owns that it's almost impossible to figure out. And it does everything just slightly off and it's all weird. And it had a bunch of weird problems. I love it. I, that's right up my alley. So I, I, I've taken, I've squeezed a lot of joy out of the Unamiga. Yeah. And, and uh, that's for darn sure. And by the way, the the squeezing will continue tonight. We'll be finishing my Unamiga uh, FPGA series. When I attempt the impossible, I've been putting it off, but we're going to be playing a bunch of C64 games on the screen tonight. I can't so wait, man. It's gonna be something. So, anyway, check that out. That's been a that was a a monster show for us. It did yeah. great. I couldn't believe how well it did. But um, let's get on up here to now. Here's I'll let you figure this one out, boat. You know, me and boat to the show called the Twelve Hundred XL Show. And uh, uh, this time around, boat, we were out
0: there doing pole position. Go ahead. That's right. So Pole Position, this was after one of those five or six uh, hour long episodes of Cocoa Talk where I I'd tossed back a couple, just a couple. And so all of a sudden, boom, it's time for the Atari show. <laughs> and uh, and so and then it was also a boom. Uh, remember, John, you're the choose. one that, that does all the research on this show. <laughs> And so uh we I you know, I sort of strung together the the pole position knowledge that I've gleaned over a lifetime of looking at websites and uh and we talked about pole position. Um, you know, it's a. Uh, I think it's a. It's a quality port, especially from the the time that it came out. It came out just like a year after the arcade machine. But uh, if you're into the the 1200 XL, or if you're into the Atari 8 bits, uh, check out the the 1200 XL podcast. We are going to be making this a a. Uh, you know, it's part of the rotation along with Coco Show and our Sinclair. Um, we're going to be doing uh, Archon, one of your favorites, Aaron. Next next time,
1: let me say something uh uh everyone you know how a lot of people hopped on the uh, coco uh express good move by the way everyone should be hopping on the atari 8-bit express to Ask 48 k check out some of his fine streams too by the way he's doing a lot of sweet sweet atari action yeah uh speaking of sweet action boat i don't want to toot my own horn and keep uh, uh, and be ashamed with self promoter but i'm great all the time no uh (laughs) we last week we uh, I jumped on on the uh, uh, Amiga and we played a, a, just a crud load of MSX. Yeah, this was a this is a, a, a complete uh, uh, journey into the unknown for me because I only played a few in MSX games and also I had hardly tested this on the on Amiga. But hey, guess what? It ran great
0: mm-hmm. and it yeah, did. I, a great I really job. enjoy the the MSX is so unique. I think we were talking about this on the show. It occupies that graphical space between the ZX Spectrum. And like, sort of like the the C sixty four, maybe what what would you call it, Aaron? It is it, it's like a but it's like having because
1: so much stuff got ported to it from other machines. Mm-hmm. So you've got stuff that looks it looks dead on, like like this game. If you're watching at home, it's a dead on ZX Spectrum game. You got looks just like an Amstrad game. You got looks just like a C sixty four game. Plus, you got some console stuff. It's a PC stuff. It's a real. Yeah. It's a, I mean, there's a ton of stuff available for it, you know, and, and if you look at the difference in the way the games look, it, you would swear to you, yourself that this is no way that one computer is using all this because some of it looks like just awful.
0: And some mm-hmm. of it looks like really, really good. Let's and not like, forget that the first Metal Gear game came out on the MSX. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. So you you get a, and I think we covered a pretty good swath of stuff. We had no idea what we were doing. Yep. So I would have people suggest stuff, and we would try stuff that had wacky names and arcade ports. So if you want to see two hours of Unamiga playing the msx on fpga this is the show for you i really had a good time on this one and we'll definitely i've got msx games coming out the yin-yangs and we'll be coming back to that one boaster cool cool. in the future uh boat you might as well here we go why don't you explain what's going on with these little uh yeah so if you
0: if you subscribe to the channel you're not going to see these videos pop up in your feed you won't be notified by them youtube is starting this thing called shorts and uh and they are they they want to compete with TikTok basically so they are they are uh they they're 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 making this format where you you submit vert- or portrait oriented video and then they heavily promote these things on on the uh, on the mobile site okay so, um, you know, I'm like, well, if they're going to be doing this, we need to be putting out some stuff for it. So I thought, well, why not just do little short gameplay footage videos with some neat frames? Uh, and so I've done a couple I've done it a uh, uh, Rainbow Islands when I did, did some Nest stuff today. So like I said, you won't see these uh, pop up in your subscriber feed. Uh, but if you see them on the mobile site, then you'll just know that YouTube's doing its job with the algorithm and uh, and you're seeing, you know, you're seeing the stuff that that uh, that they want you to see. So anyway, that's what these these little uh, these little shorts are Um, but you know feel free to ignore them they're just gameplay footage there you go there you go
1: now here's something you absolutely positively do not want to ignore no that's the latest go around of our good buddy, the Flaxster, Jack Flack, uh getting in some straight up paradroid. Boat. The newly I'm,
0: the newly clean shaven look Rob Flackera. Yeah. Look
1: at him. It's like a whole I told it was like it's a whole different guy mm-hmm. came into town, but it's the same, same great action. Uh, Flack breaks it down here and shows you where was this guy back in the day, but we were trying to play this game. Oh my god! He holds your hand and then lovingly invites you to take in. The playing of Parajor. I think think Flack said this was his personal favorite uh, of all time.
0: I started listening to this episode uh, on the way to school this morning. And uh, I'm going to have to give this game another try. Flack has the uncanny ability... Of taking a game that I don't think I'm into and making it seem like something I should give another shot at. Because when we did that, we we did uh we did a we game did, called Quasitron or something yeah. for the spectrum. It's supposed to yeah. be like the 3D version of Paradroid. Yeah. And uh and I was like, well, I don't know if I need to play the Paradid itself, but he he made it sound really cool. So
1: Yeah, this 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 is a whole uh, uh I think the uh the ZX version is just for a new person, I think the the way it looks, the price added to the complication of yeah, it. Yeah. Because I was much like you. We, we sort of scratched our heads in a vain attempt to understand. Uh, but uh, yeah, I caught uh, uh, most of this uh, stream. Good stuff. Flack always entertaining, always on his game. So please check out uh, the Sprite Castle's plays of Pear Droid. And then go check out Sprite Castle, the podcast. Also great. You can yes. get it right here on the Amigos uh, feeds. I'm good to go. Um, Here we go. Now, I just saw this one pop up in fact, it did just pop up today, Boatster. Mm-hmm. This is the Hermsky, the Hermster, coming on, and he's looking through Crash Issue Two. Now, was it was it? He did Crash Issue One last time. Is that right. correct? So you, you know,
0: uh, uh, Hermsky has a very rare and expensive collection of these Crash magazines. I look these things up on eBay. They go for the big dollars. Oh yeah. So we get to, we're lucky enough that he's opened the vaults and 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 does these flick throughs. Uh, and, uh, and you know, give some commentary on him. Look at that cover. That's a, yeah, that a looks classic, classic. Kong
1: cover. has his spectrum.
0: Right. <laughs> He's, He's got his woman.
1: <laughs> He's good to go, Boat. That's all you need, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, I haven't had a chance to watch this one yet because it just came out earlier today, yeah. but uh, I've seen, I watched the first one he did with the issue one of Crash, and I really, yeah, that enjoyed was great.
1: It. I love yeah. that. I can't wait to see this. i this. <laughs> I watch, well, I pretty much watch everything that comes across our stream, but I I watched the last one. I like it because I'm learning a lot of stuff. I mean, there's no way we could ever know this, even if we sat down and read the app magazine, because a lot of this stuff, you have to know what's going on in the UK to even have a clue what's happening. Right.
0: Exactly. I
1: like that. You know, (laughs) to say this wasn't in America would be an understatement. We had no idea this computer existed at the time. So, yeah, Hermsky, for God's sakes, check this out. You know, it's gold. He's always taken outside the box, but. Let's move down the line here, and this just this is hot off the presses, boat just before airtime. Our good buddy, our pal, our bosom companion, Frodo NL, popped up his stream of the Commodore VIC 20. He's playing games from '81 and '82 mm. uh, this time around. I'm trying to think. You know, I don't know if I actually caught this, but I don't think I saw this stream on the VIC. The mm-hmm. Vic is sort of a mystery wrapped in an enigma for me. I never seem to... We don't play that much with the Vic. No. And so I've only played a few games, and the games I played, me and Brent played, uh, uh, I think it was Gorf, and that, the dungeon-crawling game that's real popular on there. And it was good. They were both good. So, I mean, the what do you know about the uh, the
0: ever-popular Vic, Boat? All I know about the Vic is that that was the Shatner computer, wasn't it? I think it was, Boat. Yeah, that's you all know I know. I know that it came before the C64 I yeah. know that it was – people tend to think of it as a as a failure, but put in terms of sales, it outsold pretty much everything except for the C64 up until that time. I mean, it was a huge hit. It was just – it was eclipsed Dang. by the monster world beating c64 in terms of sales. look at
1: that boat For yeah i was listening this is a, a motorboat game where you just you docked it this looks great yeah this is
0: <laughs> this is another one of these games that it's got a really you know, the another one of these computers that it's got a really unique art style the way that the text yeah. is generated on the screen and stuff like that it's uh it, I, I need to play some more Vic. Maybe that, I think that there's a core on the mystery. I, I'm, I'll probably check it out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I've been, I do catch a lot of Frodo streams. He's happens to be streaming when I can catch it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 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 he just did one, uh, on the MSX and which was fresh on my mind, obviously, cause I just done one and just watching him go through it. There's, there's a lot of, I find a lot of ga- great, games out on his shows where he goes like the first year, the first two years.
0: Yeah. It's a great idea.
1: It. Very clever, very clever from Frodo uh boat uh do you i know you guys didn't do a show this week do you want to comment on what you guys uh what's going on with uh uh your show with neil
0: yeah so this week in retro we were off this week but we'll be back with the vengeance next week so uh i will give you guys an update and maybe ask your opinion aaron on some of the stories that we're talking about very good that's all we got boat yeah i i guess we should announce uh that since we're in this part of the show uh if you are watching live uh or even if you're not watching live tomorrow at around 5 o'clock or so, you and I, Aaron, we're going to be doing uh, Ask the Amigos for this month and our Sinclair and the Coco Show, I think. I think so, so yeah. Well, yeah. So on our Sinclair, we're going to be doing Elevator Action, which I'm really excited about. It's yeah. a, a great port. And on the Coco Show, Rescue on Fractalus. Uh, yeah, so uh, it'll be neat to compare the Coco version of that game against uh, the Atari eight bit version, which I'm the most familiar with.
1: You know, I want to. There's a couple of bits of news I want to get in here before I forget, Boat, As you know, uh, one thing is, let's talk a little bit about Amiga Addict Magazine. Uh, uh, this is the magazine that uh, many of our buddies are working on. We talked about it all, pretty much every week. I happen to have ordered an issue of, of, uh, of uh, Amiga Addict right, you know, in December, and you know, lo and behold, because of our screwed up mail system here, uh, we, I didn't get I didn't get it. You know, and they had shipped it. I just didn't get it. So they sent me out another one, and, and it popped in the mail. Here it is. I haven't even opened it yet. And I, in fact, I was going to talk about this last week, but I'm glad I didn't. So just to show it off here, bam! There's our there's our buddy Bill oh, uh, boat. Look such at such a handsome this, man. This is glossy as glossy as they come. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean just. Uh, you could tell by looking at it, man. This, uh, it is. This is nice. Why
0: don't you turn right to the the A one story there, Aaron? The A one that, story. That one being my my review of Fury of the Furries. Well, listen. That's the that's why that magazine sold. That's why. let the ground. Let's
1: face facts, boat. Some of your <laughs> insights are questionable. Like you for example, with the Bitmap Brothers, and then now and now here come the fur I know you thought that game was fun or whatever. I don't remember being too keen on it. Right, but good lord, there's. There's your, there's your face right there. It's my boat. glorious visage. Look at that. What a handsome man. As smart as you are handsome. Anyway, to finish this story, Boat, this came in the mail. And then a couple days later, this showed up. This is postmarked because uh, this tells me when they sent the 1216. So it took the good old American postal system that long for this to show up. And lo and behold, there it is. Another copy, so Boat, I'm going to hand one of these bad boys to you, yeah, my friend. I,
0: I still have not uh, received either of my copies, and if you don't like, know what's going I can, on with that, I so. can autograph this for
1: you. Uh, and to
0: uh, I'd appreciate come, that come, if come, yeah. you would.
1: I'm going to write uh, you how much money you owe me for it. So there you go, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thanks to the guys over at, at Amiga uh, Amiga Addict for doing such a great job and for sending me another copy. I appreciate that, despite the fact that it wasn't your fault uh, that the thing got lost in the first place. So there you right. go. And one right. other item, Boat, one, this is important. I almost forgot. This Saturday at 5.30 Eastern, it will be a happening boat. The third gathering, the third gathering of the International Computer Club Ooh. will take place. Uh, this will be 5.30 p.m. Again, Saturday, March 27th, boat. This will be uh, a week from Saturday. So this will be March 27th. Repeat, March 27th. We will be having International Computer Club We've already got six big presenters lined up, luminaries uh, in the field of Amiga and other computers, hardware, software, the whole nine yards boat. It should be a good time. Uh, we urge everyone to uh, to stop by and check us out on Twitch. And if you are so inclined, you also are more than happy to uh, join us. I'll be posting the Zoom link up in our Discord. So if you're part of our Discord community, you want to pop in and have yourself uh, uh, pictured amongst all these other giants. And also me, then you will. Uh, we are more welcome to do it again, March 27th, 5 30 p.m. Boat. Oh,
0: and you know what? You you didn't, you didn't neglected to mention the biggest news of last week, which was the first truly um, irregular meeting of the team speaker regulars as oh, we, we well, branched out. I, I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, we might as well talk about that. So we
1: added, after Boat Brow beat me furiously, uh, we decided to move our team speaker regulars over to the Discord. And we now have two rooms in our Discord, if you're one of our uh, subscribers. And we have added a, a, a group, this is a Team Speaker Records, where I'm going to start posting schedules, gaming ideas, stuff like that. And then there's a voice channel in the Discord. i never used the voice and video channels on Discord, stupidly. But these things are the bomb. And so all week long, pretty much every night, I can pop in there and people are in there playing games. And they're streaming. They're streaming just to you. Like this is a Twitch. You're just on Discord. You're chatting with them. You can stream your little game uh, on on uh, uh, Discord. Uh, you can play with other people. Get pickup games going. We're all about live gaming, and I'm hoping in the near future, boat to get some sweet sweet uh, uh, karaoke. The
0: yeah, the I'm ancient art of karaoke. Finally, uh, people I- will hear the real me.
1: Yeah, well, you're not invited, Boat, I'm sorry. Oh. But I, I remember watching Pixels at Dawn do uh, the uh, the uh, Twitch sync stuff. I was like, man, this is great. Well, they got rid of that. That's because they don't like us. But that doesn't mean we can't do it in Discord. So if you're interested in some, something like that, anyway, all details. Everyone, please come post something in the, in the Teen Speaker Regulars section and come visit the Teen Speaker Regulars video and audio area just to chat, just to kill time, watch the people play. It's fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I guess we should mention, uh, if you do want to support the show on Patreon, four dollars a month, a dollar an episode gets you the Discord, gets you the show, gets you an ad free uh, feed of the show, and uh, and it, it really just it, it, it really helps us. Uh, if you want to go to patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast, ten dollars a month can be part of the Amigos Game Selection Committee. Uh, you can help us choose the games that we play every week. And then finally, uh, if you want to support the show at the $15 a month level, the Amigos community VIP, get your own room in the Discord server where you can talk about whatever you want mm. in addition to all of the other uh, things. Those rooms did. get real interesting, Boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, now, Aaron, we should talk about speaking of the Discord community, we have some hot and heavy game challenges going on. The Amiga or the Amiga High Score Challenge uh, this month is International Karate Plus. Uh, Z9K9 leads the charge with this, but Sundown Zorglub and Paul, aka Hermski, are right behind him. I'm way behind because I'm horrible at this game. 5400. But, Did you uh, read you can, his score again,
1: Boat, the, the the
0: number one score. The number one score. The number one score is more than ten times what my score is. <laughs> Z9K9 58,100. My score 5,400. And I thought I had an awesome game going there. So it yeah. shows you what I know. <laughs> Don't feel bad. I'm not that good at that game either. And uh, a, a really interesting game, Turbo Esprit, is uh, is going on on the Specky High Score Challenge. You can jump in, play Turbo Esprit, record your high score. These high score challenges rotate in and out every month, and the winner gets to pick the next month's game. So uh, make Very sure good. you check that out. Very good. All right, Aaron. As we circle around towards the end of the show, it's time to thank some of the fine folks that make everything happen. You know, I'm talking about our Twitch subscribers and our Patreon supporters. Uh, if you enjoy watching the show live on Twitch, uh, or if you go back and you watch the the, the VODs and you want to support the show by subscribing, you're welcome to. Uh, we want to thank Macintosh Librarian, Mitsuyama, Pines and Amiga, Da Crabs, MTG, Eor four zero seven seven Frodo and L Lamasta Retro Jerry Uber Scuba Diver Great Algae Piplo Bigfoot's Armpits Negsol Memories of a Spectrum Gamer All Rom Jost eighty Kronosnet Captain Chaos DK Jigglebox Still Adolescing John Marshall three Buck Owens Retro rewind.ca Blue Train Christian Russel MC Chessers The Slow Norris J Dark Anubis <laughs> L Curtis Boyle All Hail Mister Sebastian And Gary Heather. Thank you guys so much for supporting Amigos. Yes. Now, last week, Aaron, the Amigos Patreon Song Challenge. This one was, uh, this one was, we had quite a few, quite a few uh, correct responses. Neo MK got it right. Pixels at Dawn, Mitsuyama, and Chris Folds all got it right. The name of the song was Cast No Shadow by Oasis. So, uh, congratulations to all of you guys that got it right. And if you know this week's Patreon song challenge, please do not post it in the chat if you're watching live, please. Uh, instead, send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com and I will announce you as a winner on next week's show. Are you ready, Aaron?
1: <sighs> yes. Brace yourselves, everyone. Here we go. <laughs>
2: David C. George, Rose, and Ski, Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Superfamily King, Crazy Lewis, William Winter Scott, Heavy Systems, Inc., Fundy, Frag, Lore, Mark, who love Skajorna, a.k.a. Simulant, Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Cal Bird Boy, Lane Denson, Luke Hudson, John Cook, on the base, Frodo, in hell, Solon Tech. Jurgen, Mr. Cola, Daniel Williams Bernard, Lucas, Jerry, Dennington Zorglove Reflection Simon, Ledge, Cap'n, Crispy Kilobytes and Caffeine Gary, Heather Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford Armstrong, and Jones Lobster Tin Man and Amiga Retrocast Bernard Quinn Rare R.M.C., MC Tim Drew Simon Rose Joseph Harrison Kyle Hedder, Rob O'Hara the Zombie, Leif on Alan Cabal, Chico Tale below John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky De Roche, oh, Creepy, Dead Siggy, CTC, The Slow Norris, tour Sorgard, Mortensen, Edwin, Helen, Blender 75, Christopher Hussle, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foles Lauren Giroux, Grand Veb, Key, Adam Badis, Beat, O'Brien's, retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Harrington, Duncan Stiles, Dave the Crip, Josh, Nan, Adam, Bradley, Jonas, Rulo, THG, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Oberstadt Daniel Benston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Cole, Jason Moores, Pixels of Dawn, and Kiel, Bjorn, Bob.
1: Did you hear that boat? That was a thousand hippies crying out at once.
0: <laughs> All right, now, uh, Aaron. Before we go, we did a little YouTube poll last week. Uh, this is just something that I that I threw out there on the uh, on, on the on the interwebs, and it was, "What do you prefer, Populous, Populous Two, or neither? I'd rather be playing Megalomania." Now, yeah. what do you think the results of that uh, of that uh, that poll were? I always, when it comes to these
1: sort of public polls, I always lean toward the smarmiest response. So I'm going to go with the third one,
0: although I, I, I would... You are correct, my theory. good sir. The third one, the smarmiest response was the correct one. Uh, 46% of the 37 votes we got said, neither I'm playing Megalomania. So there we go. I'll throw another poll question out there this week uh, for the folks on YouTube. So if you want that, Make sure you subscribe to the Amigos Retro Gaming channel. Now, Aaron, next week, Paul, aka Hermsky, the illustrious member of the Amigos Gaming Selection Committee, has suggested in this game. The committee voted and it is approved Rally Championships, a racing game, Aaron.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Rally Championships. Okay. I don't know that one, Bo. Do Me we know neither. that one?
0: Okay. No. Yeah, so uh, anyway, we'll play should be it. a good one. We will be back next Friday for another new episode of Amigos. We'll see you guys then. Until then, adios. adios.